Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Lafondra looking to get close side of Fon. Lafondra away from David. 3-1 Reading. Three points Reading. Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Well, in a surprisingly kind of upbeat transfer day, I mean, we can kind of work out by the end of this uh, podcast uh, whether it was upbeat or not. But I've also been joined by Benji Nurek from the Reading Chronicle. Hi, Benji. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Very, very nice to be here. Just about recovering from yesterday at about uh, 5 p.m. I was packing up my laptop to start heading out from uh, from the office and then all hell broke loose and I ended up leaving at like nine, got home at 11, whatever. It's been a, it's been a long couple of days, but happy to be here. <laughs> Shit, absolutely brilliant to have you here. So I was expecting nothing. At As the start was I, to be <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking maybe one transfer out um but no it all kind of kicked off about five o'clock didn't it and mm-hmm. started off with the surprising news about George Puskas and mm-hmm. that's quite a deal if it manages to come through isn't it yeah I think that was a case of I mean Panovic has spoken this month about wanting to keep him and how he thinks he'll score goals down the stretch etc but I think it was a case of for the club it was a deal that just couldn't really be turned down from a financial perspective in that they I, I don't actually know what the wage breakdown is but we're gonna have to assume that Reading aren't paying the full wages anymore otherwise it would be pretty nonsensical but on top of that if they can somehow get that 4.2 million pounds at the end of the season uh, if Pisa go up I mean that's a huge portion of the transfer fee initially paid for Puskas that they'll be able to re- recoup from that which I can understand how that's a deal that you struggle to say no to considering how ineffective he's been for such a long time but obviously on the other side of that it does leave Reading with one striker who obviously has just come back from a number of serious injuries, has had other injuries in his career. So from a sort of squad makeup point of view, I find it a little hard to sort of wrap my head around. But from a financial perspective, considering the state that the club's in, I can totally get it from that angle. So 
it, it, like this whole transfer window and transfer deadline day, I, I'm feeling myself having very mixed sort of feelings because rationally I can understand it in one way, but rationally I also can't understand it in another way. It's just very Reading FC, isn't it? <laughs> it's kind of, <laughs> essentially, you can't quite work out if everything's going to be okay or not. But for George Puskas, I think it's a fantastic move. Um, mm-hmm. It hasn't worked out for him at Reading. I think that's a fair comment to say that. Um, he's obviously been in Italy for many years before, so he's not going to have any problems with adjusting to where he's living or language. Mm. So it's all bonuses for him. And if he does manage to get them promoted, as you mentioned, it's a huge plus for us. Then maybe he scores some goals. That It would be so typical if he goes there <laughs> and bangs in seven or eight goals. I don't have any issue with him doing that, but it would be typical, wouldn't it? At the at the very least, though, if he does do that, it'll benefit Reading in the in the long run as well. So thankfully, there's that element. But I'm sure we're now going to see George Puskas leading the 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 Italian second division for the second half of the season. Yeah, that would be absolutely typical. This is what happens, isn't it? But then the one that was really surprising again that came out of like mentioned earlier, but I thought, is this going to happen? But the Liam Moore move to Stoke mm. City and obviously Tom Ince coming to Reading, um, that kind of ticks the box for us. And Liam Moore, I would assume, and Stoke City going in that direction because that relationship has become, uh, I don't know, toxic. Let's just say yeah. it's not great, is it? Not great at all. Um, I do wonder about Tom Ince. I mean, I've just looked him up and kind of like, you look at the fact you scored a couple of goals in the last month or so just over that. That's a kind of positive, isn't it? Because we need goals in the team. Uh, he's a player who's always had potential and mm. never quite fulfilled it. But what's your thoughts on both the players in both directions? Yeah, it's it's a it's a strange one. And I think that everyone kind of looking at it on all sides was like, oh, all right, that's interesting. But I mean, I, it, it was something where I, I was kind of being told at the start of the day, heading into the day, that people thought that Liam Moore was going to stay at the club and that he wasn't going to leave in this transfer in this transfer was what I had heard. But, you know, you hear so many different things. It's hard to know what is actually 100 percent true, what isn't, especially with transfers, which are sort of one of the more murky parts of football. But it sounded like that was potentially going to be what was going to happen, that he was going to stay at the club. And I think that wouldn't have been great for anyone in that Liam Moore probably wouldn't have played. I know Paunovic has kind of left the door open in the past few weeks that he might play, but he was injured with this soft tissue injury for the last two months and then was suddenly fit enough to play for Jamaica. And I'm not trying to say that he wasn't injured because I have to believe that he was, but it does leave you feeling like the whole story, I'm sure, has not been told yet. So I do think that Liam Moore, for his own good, had to leave the club. For Reading's good, I think it's best that he left because now there at least isn't this distraction over everyone. And I think it was a case of more a deal being done out of necessity rather than a deal being done out of sort of want or or desire in that I don't know that Tom Ince would have been the chosen person if you're going to get someone back. I don't know that a swap deal was going to would would have been the chosen way of doing that at all. I don't know if a swap of loans was the best way for that to happen. I'm sure that Reading would have rather more leave on on some sort of permanent deal. Um, but it, it ends up being that the transfer deadline is coming. If you want to make this happen, you have to do something that can actually get over the line. And Stoke seemed perfectly happy to get rid of Tom Ince. They he was 
playing not super regularly this season. He had four starts, but admittedly more of those came in sort of the last month or two. He's come back into the frame, but I believe they brought in a couple of attacking players and he was slipping further and further down sort of the, the their depth chart. But um, So I think they were totally happy to let him go. I think they still see Liam Moore as a championship defender, which in reality, with a fresh start, he could be. Um, so I think it is a deal that does make enough sense for all parties in that Reading do lack threat out wide. Obviously, that'll be minimized a little bit with Yakumete and Junior Hoylet, but can you trust Junior Hoylet to stay fit? I, I hope so, but it's a matter of faith versus trust. Um, so I do think he will add that. And for him, it's an opportunity. He's got six months left on a Stoke deal. I would be very surprised if he was a Reading player at the start of next season because his wages are still much too high than what Reading, I'm sure, will be able to pay this summer. But it's an opportunity for him. He'll be starting a lot, I, I would guess, as long as he stays fit. He'll have six months to prove himself and get a deal somewhere. So for him, I think it's probably a good move. Um, but that then again, you you have to wonder that it's another player coming in to a to a dogfight who's con who doesn't have any sort of extended terms at the club, you have to hope he sees this as an opportunity to really save his career going forward, rather than an opportunity to just coast through to the summer. Um, that's kind of my overarching feelings. I know that doesn't really nail down on one specific thing, but it's hard to with this kind of bizarre deal. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, you've got to feel that Liam Moore's got the better side of this kind of uh, situation, hasn't he? I mean, Tom Mintz has just walked into a relegation fight, hasn't he? <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it is it is tough. But at the same time, Tom Ince hasn't been starting regularly and you have to think he wants to play a lot of football. And he has a chance to, probably not on his own, but he has a chance to be a little bit of a hero, a little bit of a savior. If he comes in in the second half of the season and scores five goals, he'll be a huge fan favorite. Everyone will love him and he might need that kind of environment to start over and where he can sort of take a lot of responsibility and be sort of a focal point of the team because Reading are crying out for some sort of leadership, whether it's in terms of a more vocal leadership or whether it's in terms of actually what they do on the pitch. And he needs some sort of, you know, he needs some team some person to to show some faith in him and give him an opportunity to reignite his career which has really sort of stuttered over the last couple of years I mean he's one of those players where you look at how that he's I think 29 years old and you think wow the time's really flown by because he's always been that promising youngster type of player um, and it hasn't really kicked on for him in at various points in his career and now he's got a fresh start a fresh opportunity so you have to hope that he sees it that way and it could end up being a fantastic move for him because if he mm -hmm. does have a great second half the season there will be championship clubs lining up to to bring him in next season because goals are something that teams always want it doesn't matter if a player has only shown it over the course of six months or three years people will lose all sight of everything when it comes to bringing in goals so if he's he's got a chance i think he's got a real opportunity and as i said hopefully he sees it that way yeah objectivity objectivity in football is not strong <laughs> not strong at all but i mean if he keeps us up and he's a key factor in that I am building the statue outside the stadium. It's happening. It's happening. I'm definitely going to be doing it. But one player who has stayed with us and mm -hmm. was an absolutely key figure, form has dropped off slightly in the last four or six weeks. I think we can't um, deny that, is John Swift, who has been absolutely fantastic before that. Uh, you reported in the Red and Chronicle that he has turned down some offers, probably hasn't come to actual bids, but he made it clear that he didn't want to leave to a championship team. Have you any more on that, Benji? 
Yeah, so pretty much, I mean, at the start of the window, there were a few Premier League clubs interested in him as either potentially for January, but more likely for the summer. And then there were a few championship clubs who were interested in take in bringing him in specifically for January. And he kind of said at the start of the transfer window or before the transfer window started, he was putting it out, um, not necessarily in his own words, but just that uh, privately that he didn't want to leave. But, you know, things can change in a transfer window and especially things can change when, you know, things are becoming fairly toxic at the club. Um, and I, there were sort of renewed attempts from multiple different championship clubs on deadline day. And, you know, that could be a case of those clubs becoming a little bit more desperate and not maybe getting other targets or maybe just wanting to test the waters a little bit. But I don't think it went as far as formal bids to the club because how it generally works in the transfer business is that, um, uh, clubs will go through intermediaries, the player, people close to the player, etc., and find out if um, if the player's interested before even bothering to make a bid. So um, three different championship clubs sort of inquired about him, um, and he kind of told or people around him informed them that he wasn't interested in leaving. And I, it is easy to be cynical because his form has massively dropped off. I don't think that it, anyone would disagree. And it's not totally his fault. You know, the whole structure around the team has totally dropped off. So it's not surprising to see that affect every single player. But Reading really need him to be a key figure, a talisman for the rest of the season. And he hasn't quite been that for these last six weeks. But multiple people I've talked to have sort of explained it as less that he feels that he'll get a better move in in the summer and more that he feels he doesn't want to leave the club um when he, he hopes to leave the club still in the championship and you know i totally understand being cynical of that it, it's if you're just hearing it from some from people who are on his side or near to him you know they're they're gonna want to paint him in the best light but at the same time you have to hope that that's just um that we see this in his performances that he has, has want to and I does want to stay and I don't think it's you know there's a lot of talk of signing bonuses when a player leaves on a free and I, I don't I think it's a little bit overblown in football especially when someone's not like a Killian Mbappe or, or you know a, a, a player going from one of the big clubs to another big club I can't see the likes of say Leeds United or Brighton paying uh, John Swift a massive signing bonus to get him in the summer rather than to get him in January so I do think that. He, you know, you know, anytime you wait to make a move, you do put yourself a little bit at risk. It could, you could get an injury. The your form could continue to stagnate, and teams could be interested in other players. So, I, I, I imagine there is an element of selfishness to every single deal that every single footballer makes, where he probably does feel that there's an option to get a Premier League deal in the summer. But he probably feels that that's only an option if he plays well in the second half of the season and actually sticks to sort of his idea slash word of keeping Redding up or helping to do as much as he can to keep Redding up. So I think you can be cynical and also kind of believe that he has good intentions to some extent, at least. Yeah, no, no, totally. Um, if I was him, you'd do all the options that he's done. Um, if he wants to stay and actually help us stay up, like you say, his form has dropped off. And you will say that it's not just down to him. Um, if the team can't defend, that's not down to John Swift, is it? Um, there's lots of issues there. There is also some talk around uh, Tom Holmes and Nottingham Forest possibly moving, mm -hmm. but that doesn't seem to advance much, really, Benji, from what you've been mm -hmm. saying. Yeah, I don't think so. I think, you know, they, they bid £750,000, um, and I think that probably was sort of their top end when the player's out of contract in the summer. Um, 
And so I don't think they came back with anything further. And, you know, it's it's a tough one because you look at players like Swift and Holmes who both have really struggled for the last month or two. I think, you know, Holmes was fantastic through October, November, going into December, but pretty much as soon as the new year hits, hit, I think he's really dropped off. And I, again, it's not totally on, you can't blame it, any of the problems at the club on one individual player, um, but he has really dropped off. Um, but but Reading don't have the capacity to replace these players with equally good players at this time. So while it's hard for anyone to really feel attached to any of these players right now, considering how poor they've been for the last couple months and the fact that they're out of contract. I just don't see how it could have been a good decision in the immediate to let these guys go, considering that they are playing every game. They will be in this team pretty much every single week, as long as they're at the club and fit and to lose two players who are in the team every single week. I think it was just not really in my eyes, a viable option. No, not at all. I, I totally agree. And Tom Holmes, as I've said repeatedly, I think he just needs a break out of the team. Mm, he, I still think there's a decent player there. I don't think he's terrible. Years old in a team that's struggling in an environment that's pretty mm. difficult to play in, it's, I, I find he's a pretty easy one personally for me to cut slack because I don't for one second believe he's not giving his all. And mistakes and bad form is going to happen, especially when you're 21 years old and playing in a tough situation. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. Uh, one position that I found really surprising that we haven't covered is defensive midfielder. Now, I'm also going to talk about Michael Morrison's comments after the match against QPR, saying that we need to make... Okay, I'm, I'm kind of um, not completely quoting him here, so this is kind of a little bit of ad lib here. He's basically saying that we need some fresh faces to kind of like improve the environment because... Not all the players, the players that come in haven't been involved in this and maybe it might have helped the situation. That hasn't really happened. Mm. And I do believe that defensive midfield would really have made a huge difference because Danny Drinkwater has really not been cutting it in the last few months at all. And it worries me massively that we're going to have to rely on him for probably Mm. essentially the rest of the season. Yeah, no, I think that's a totally fair worry and what what Michael Morrison was sort of saying is that when as a team you get into a deep rut like Reading are in right now everyone's kind of feeling those difficult emotions and struggling and so it helps to bring in a few players and just refresh the squad players who haven't experienced those struggles for the last few months who can kind of look at the situation fresh and be like all right I look around this changing room and I see good players I know I'm a good player at least I believe in myself because I think every footballer sometimes to an extreme level believes in themselves and it just can help a team that's struggling to have a few players come in who haven't been in that struggle yet so I think that's kind of what he was saying and you're you're absolutely right. It hasn't happened. I think, you know, I, I don't think Tom Ince is a bad signing, but if I'm going to rank the sort of positions that I felt needed addressing, um, bringing in a winger wouldn't have been my first choice. I would have thought, I like like you're saying, defensive midfield would have been a real priority for me. Center back would have been a real priority. I even think fullback cover is, is a problem because if either one of those fullbacks gets injured, as we've seen when they were at the African Cup of Nations, that the deputies, while... I believe they could have good futures, the young academy players. It was a problem to rely on them already once. It's going to be a problem if you have to rely on them again. And then I feel like once you let go of George Puskas to add to Andy Carroll leaving as well, striker would become the other priority. So for me, winger is just about the fourth, maybe fifth priority. 
and to not get any of the other sort of positions, again, screams to me that this was less a deal made through planning and more a deal made through we have to do something. And the inability to get anything else done is a concern. And I do believe that they made sort of either inquiries or an offer for a defender. I don't know a name, but my hunch is that it was Charlie Good, who's now gone to Sheffield United, because they made from what I understand, they made an offer for a defender who had offers to go elsewhere. And the way that the club is at the moment, we know that they can't bring in really permanent deals. So it would have had to either be a loan or someone who was going to just be let go from their contract. And Charlie Good did move on loan. So that would be my guess. Um, as I said, I don't know a name, so I'm just sort of connecting some dots and trying to figure it out. But I do think that center back and defensive midfield would have been the major priorities. And the reality is now that, that Reading are stuck with the squad they've got, they have to somehow figure it out. And that means that the players in those positions have to up their form. Danny Drinkwater needs to do a better job in the second half of the season. Josh Lawrence alongside him needs to do a better job in the second half of the season. And hopefully they do. <laughs> We just got to live in hope. We just got to live in hope, haven't we? That's essentially what it is. So that's going to wrap up the um, uh, podcast here. Thanks a lot for uh, listening or watching, whatever you've done. Appreciate it. If you want to subscribe, feel free to do that. And if you want to write us a little review or give us a rating, feel free. That would be as absolutely long as good. it's five stars, though. I don't. Oh, Benji, I didn't want to say it, but you said it for me. <laughs> cool. Cheers a lot. Thanks a lot for listening. Bye.